Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boys Connor. Hello. And Benny. Hi there. Get ready for your weekly update of movie news, baby. Ooh, it's coming at you. It's coming at you like a flannel. You We've got <laughs> one week wrap the intro. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I really if I get that. paid, if we finally get paid. <laughs> Guys, we've got an awesome show, self-proclaimed awesome show for you guys this week. Joker is smashing it at the box office. Big weekend, October weekend for it. We're going to be talking about it. And a ton of trailers, Tenet, <clears throat> Birds of Prey, a whole heap of stuff, Rick and Morty season four. It's going to be awesome. But as we always like to do before we get into the news, we're going to catch up on what everyone's been watching this week. Benny. Yes. You just looked at me. Just then? I know. It's Knowing like in class me. when you accidentally make eyes with a teacher and they, you know they're going to call on you. It's like, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now's your time. I haven't done my homework. Uh, no, I watched a couple of things this week. A um, couple of good scary movies. I checked out one on Netflix called Down a Dark Hall. Um, basically just a spooky boarding house uh, movie. Kind of tweeny. But um, not too bad. It okay. was all right. And it, it kind of uh, veers off in the back half into something a little different than you're expecting. Is that an um, official Ben recommend or is that kind of... I wouldn't a... go that far. If, you, if you're really fanging for something on Netflix, something scary, I think it, it's decent. And it has one, I will say, like all-time scare, one that really just takes its time with it and, and gets you good. Um, nice. So what was that, that. called again? Down a Dark Hall. Down a Dark Hall. Okay. Mm. Um, and I also watched one of our favorites, uh, Gerald's Game from oh. uh, Mike Flanagan Went again. Back. Uh, yes, I hadn't seen it in a while. I'd forgotten how goddamn great that movie is. I'd also forgotten how scary it is. Um, the the Moonlight Man took me really by surprise a couple of times in that film. Uh, one scene in particular, which I won't spoil, um, but I was watching it with someone who does not love scary movies and had not seen this one, and uh, her reactions certainly sold it a lot more for me than got, if I'd I've been watching it alone. I've got to ask, how do you manage to get people that don't like scary movies to watch scary movies well i in all earnestness told her that it's not that scary it's just <laughs> oh, it's lied. just you a little creepy okay no because i'd forgotten because yeah. it surprised me too <laughs> we're, we're watching and i was kind of remembering stuff i'm like oh, oh no <laughs> this is going down this is much worse than <laughs> i remember um but that movie is so so terrific um this the construction of it uh, for anyone who doesn't know basically it's just a, an older husband and wife go on a retreat in a very secluded place to have some some kinky rekindling of their love. Um, the guy uh, has a heart attack, passes out, and the, the woman is chained to the bed and she needs to figure out how to get out of this situation. Um, and there's a whole bunch of twists and turns along the way. There's an amazing uh, device whereby an imaginary version of him is talking to her and also an imaginary version of her is talking to her. And those are pretty much the three characters in the film. And they're all so well-defined parts of her own psyche um, it's it's just an amazingly well written movie based on a, a, a Stephen King novella. Um, Mike Flanagan again, patron saint of the podcast. Love the dude. That made me believe, man. Absolutely, absolutely. that made me believer. That's a that's a high recommendation for that one. And I've also checked out a couple episodes of the new season of uh, Titans. Um, that's out. It's partially out. Yeah. Whoa. Something we uh, we kind of raved about last year, the first season that nobody watched. The fuck Batman show for anyone at home. Um, ah, yes. <laughs> um, which, if you remember, ended an episode early on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, and they left the season finale essentially to, as the first episode for season two. I can see why, because that episode sucked. Um, but it kind of gets back on track after that and looks like it's heading down an interesting path. Um, Bruce Wayne is now a regular character on the show, played by Ian Glenn, uh, Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones. Awful casting. Um, okay. His, that sucks. Whatever accent he's doing. <laughs> 
it's not American and it's not it's whatever f- accent he's meant to have. It's a faux Irish American. Oh, it's very strange. <laughs> but he does actually kind of remind me a little bit of Adam West. I don't know if that was intentional, but um, <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah, well, it, it, that's a good thing. I, uh, he's underrated as Batman. The greatest actor um, on this planet. Dearly <laughs> <clears throat> uh, departed. But... Um, yeah, the, the the show's looking like it's 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 going well. Cool. Yeah, despite uh, episode one. Happy days. Um, and that's me for the week. Nice. I might go next because I never go second. <laughs> wow, oh, I'm finally here. Mm. Um, I had a big list of things that I didn't watch, so I watched a bunch of other things instead. <laughs> uh, watched In the Tall Grass that new. I saw that that Netflix, came out. Netflix. Stephen King. Uh, movie. Vincenzo Natale. I would thought this was really great. Yeah? Um, oh, that's good to hear because most people aren't thinking that. Because there's some really, really interesting things with the way they present how trippy this experience is. Um, and I thought it was really effective. Um, I don't think it fully came together. Um, <laughs> Wait, so it's a Stephen King landing. story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, where, where the strength of this lies is in the presentation of the mechanics of this tall grass and kind of all the trippy experiences and whatnot that happen along the way, mm. it doesn't quite come together. But it, I wasn't sort of sitting there at the end like, oh, I wish I hadn't watched that. It's, I was about, like, it's oh. about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, yeah that's it, mate. Mm. That's it, mate. So Patrick Wilson's a bit one note in it. I always enjoy him, but he wasn't mm. – I don't think he was given that much to work with. A solid, solid little streaming Netflix film. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Um, and then the only other thing I watched – was the Langoliers. Oh, my God. Fucking deep cuts, baby. Wow. Dude. This just came on as a whim. So so this is a 90s. How did you even find this? On YouTube. Okay. I, I shit on about this all the time. Like, mm. This is one of my favorites. Haven't seen it in probably about 10 years. Stephen King TV movie. From the 90s. The worst visual effects you, re- you will ever see. Ever. Yeah. But this is this movie is prime for a remake. Mm. There's so many interesting things. So it's like a legitimate good thing. I I honestly can't understand why people hate this so much because mm. I think it's fucking fantastic. I think some of okay. the performances, some of these guys are really fucking going for a man, mm. especially um one of the main bad guy, quote unquote bad guy. Um, he is really going for it. Man. He's not played by Bronson Pinchot, is he? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I mm. don't know. Like these are all so no name actors, it. other than the pilot, who's that guy that you see in every movie. You never Mark remember, Strong. remember his name. <laughs> it was the pre-Mark Strong, Mark Strong. Listen, I enjoy this thoroughly. I can understand why people hate it. Terrible CGI at the end, but this is prime for a remake, 100%. Okay. 100%. Mm. And then I saw Joker. Our review will be up right about now. And there we have it. Been playing a lot of Link's Awakening as well mm. on the Switch. Mm. Oh, okay. And you've already beaten it. So. I beat it weeks ago. Yeah, I've been playing uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy all, all oh, week. Oh, what? Really? Spyro? Yeah. Mm. Love Spyro. I mean, Me on too. that note, I've been playing a lot of Borderlands 3. Nobody oh, asked, yeah? Connor. Yeah, I know. Sorry, it's not Nintendo. Fuck. Um, How's that? No, I play video games for grown-ups, mm. yeah. not for fucking children. Yeah. The cartoon. Correct. Um, <laughs> the cartoony shoot them up. Borderlands 3, is, is, it's good. It's, it's very much similar to Borderlands 2, which is not a bad thing, because I absolutely oh. love that game. Um, it's like a revamp sort of look and looks better. The mechanics are better. Um, story is continuing, which is cool. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, but this is not a video game review podcast. It certainly isn't. Um, no, I've been the last couple of weeks 
me and my fiance have been watching Community together because she has never watched it. Um, and as is the the kind of um, typical is the journey flow of my life in the last yeah. couple of years. It's been revisiting things that she hasn't watched. Have um, you seen X? Yeah. No. <laughs> nope. All right. <laughs> What's what um, shows has she introduced you to? What of her shows have you sat through? I don't. Well, I mean, oh, the only shows that she's seen that I that I haven't are ones that I can't understand because they're in Arabic. <laughs> this is like oh. not going to work. Put in the fucking time and effort, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand like maybe every fifth word of what they say. And That's I'm pretty like, good. I mean, it's not. I can bad. understand and yeah, and like it's like oh, they went to you know Cairo. And, I understand uh, that yeah. and um, and they did something there. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, no, the um. Uh, we we were I think just finished season three, the last season. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were playing you, a dangerous it, game, my friend. I've never I've never seen this show, and I've, I'll so, give you a list of ten episodes to watch. That's all. <laughs> please do. So I'd I'd watch the entirety of season one. I would watch most of season two and a few episodes of season three. That's kind of how I feel about Community. And then I I I was not attentive post season three, which is kind of why I'm I'm a little bit interested to see this through. Cause I've never watched it front to back. I got really disinterested season pretty much when Troy left, I was kind of like, mm. this has taken a very serious downward dip. That was is like that five um, or something? That's season five, but I watched like kind of like spatterings of four and then I like I think one of the last episodes I watched was when um, Donald Glover left the show. So creator and showrunner Dan Harmon got fired after season three through a bunch of crazy controversy involving Chevy Chase and a voicemail message. Look it up. Um, mm. And then season four was different showrunners. It's widely reviled because of the controversy. I would say it's not as bad as it's, its reputation. No, I would say not. the rest of the show is worse than its reputation. Um, the last season in particular. But people loved it because, you know, Dan Harmon was back. To a degree, Yes. Um, the last season, though, what was it like? Yahoo streaming or something? Yeah, they got picked up by. Oh someone very man, obscure, weird, and that's that's a that's a real bad season. Is it like I, I don't Scrubs think I've, season I eleven. Don't know that I've actually Scrubs seen what? a <laughs> single, um, a single episode of season six. Anyways, I am morbidly fascinated to kind of see it through. And look, even season four has really funny moments. Mm. Um, I was watching an episode, I think last night, um, which. Every once in a while, I'll just kind of find my find myself like, God, I love this show because mm. they just sometimes they get it so right, um, and that's kind of I imagine what keeps most people going throughout this series. That's the thing you still love the characters, and they kind yep. of drag you along, even as the show is a shambling corpse of what it once was, and it's yeah. it gets to be a bit too much at some point. So I'm keen to hear your report back. So yeah, everyone's a kind of a parody of themselves, which happens a lot mm. with long standing sitcoms. Yeah. What, what, what's the hook of the show? It's like sort of pop cultural references, right? It's so the, the the thing about the show is that it's incredibly it's incredibly meta. It's very like self aware, but in the later episodes, it seems to become the, it that self awareness is more of a gimmick, and they are actually less self aware. If that makes okay. any sense, they're mm-hmm. like, look how self aware we are, and you're kind of looking at being like, you're clearly not. <laughs> um, but the the kind of the hook of the show is that it's this study group in a community college and the progression of this, something I do like as the seasons progress is that it gets wackier and wackier. And the, the students do like, there is a, a moment in I think season three where one of the, one of the guys says like, this is not possible. You, like think about all the shit that's happening in this school. This can't be a real place. Mm. And you're kind of like, Oh, that's, you know, I don't know. Anyways, 
really love community, but give me a couple of weeks and I'll report back on how I'm feeling. I'm intrigued. As somebody who's never seen it, I've always heard so much about you guys talking about this show and I've always been so intrigued. Watch season one and two. And and I mean, it is chock a block full of cultural references, pop cultural references. What was this, about 2011 it came out? Before that, like 2007. Really? 2008, something like that. It's been around for, I think it was out almost like when I first came to Australia. Maybe not quite that long, but close to. Cool. That's all? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, playing a lot of Borderlands 3. Cool. On to the news, shall the we? News. news. All righty. Well, the biggest topic in the world right now is, of course, Todd Phillips's Joker. And with an estimated $93.5 million domestically, the film has delivered the largest October domestic opening ever, topping $80.25 million from Venom just last year. And globally, it's up to $234 million. Um, so not a bad start for the movie that was uh, either going to be the best movie ever made or destroy society as we know it. Yeah, one one of the two. Mm. It can't fall in the middle. No, no, it cannot. Our first fifty-five to seventy million dollar budget. This is a great result. Absolutely, and, and it it could definitely be something Warner Brothers is going to keep doing. Like looking at these smaller budgets. I've heard. There's rumbles that they might even go down this sort of director's universe. <laughs> um, you know, give the give the directors everything they need. Isn't that what the DC started <laughs> out by doing? <laughs> uh, no, but like these one-offs, like one-off, one-and-done, not connected to anything. What a wild idea. See you later. This could be the new thing. Holy fuck. <laughs> not connected. Oh, <laughs> no continuity. Uh, no. <laughs> so listen, I just love the economics of, um, you know, this kind of movie making, that sort of $50 million. You know, Venom was very similar. That was about $60, $80 million, mm. made a good the amount of cash. Wildly different Yeah, the results. movies couldn't be more different, despite just both being popular comic book characters, which is really interesting. But I, I think I just love seeing that. Um, you know, with $200 million budget with a $200 million marketing campaign that makes $1.5 billion, you know, that's awesome. But mm. when you see this kind of thing, it really impresses me. Mm. Well, I think it goes to show that you don't, you don't need to, you know, kind of blow out the budget to make decent returns. And, and I mean, people are still interested in seeing good films. I mean, it, it does worry me when you have something like a 2049 or... Um, you know, even to a lesser extent, Ad Astra, which is a little bit more kind of down the, um, there's obviously some love behind these films um, that you kind of get, you get disparaged not seeing them make their money back because it's not profitable for, for um, studios to invest in that. So to see something that clearly has some backing behind it in terms of artistic integrity um, also makes some money is kind of, it's really, um, it's good to see. There's so much lightning in a bottle here as well, though, with all the controversy and the just oh yeah yeah endless repetitive uh, um, reporting on this film and everything surrounding it. It's been such an insane narrative. Like no wonder people are curious, and they wanted clearly to make sort of an ed- edgy, provocative film, and they yeah. they couldn't have asked for more than like literally the military offering warnings about the the dangers associated with this movie potentially where, where are these like what warnings are, are people talking about i'm assuming this is in america this can't be here no, of course yeah uh, i mean it's spiraled it's quite interesting how it's sort of you know this you know if you really think about it pre-venice you know this was like hey they're making a grimy gritty 
real world take on the joke and then Venice comes out and it's like, this is the greatest movie ever. (laughs) Everyone in the audience, standing ovations, world, you know, applause across the cinemas and then sort of like this sort of incel um, dialogue starts coming through, you know, is this, is this... uh, a rallying cry for... But it's not even like those kinds of people that were, that it was people preemptively assuming that this would speak to a certain demographic. And I think that this is like a self-perpetuating or like a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whereas like the media preempted the, the controversy by reporting on something that wasn't there and kind of created the controversy. So everyone's kind of all talking about it now. And it's like, yeah. this is just you creating your own fucking news. That being said, we've all, we've all met Bought the guy at a party it. who will, you know, the kind of guy who will dress up as the dark Knight Joker and not ironically. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we all I'm know. Actually edgy. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Working in a cinema and watching the audience coming to this movie, you really do notice the pattern. Um, and that's all I'll say on the matter. <laughs> I've seen some pretty edgy, like, Facebook comments. And, you know, I mean, those are, that's probably where the, you'd expect to see that kind of um, stuff. But, like, man, some of the shit that's being said on, on Joker reviews and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, fuck. Mm. We can get more into, into our review. Mm. It's going to be an interesting one. Check that out. Yeah, there's a, Controversial movie. Um, so, next up, on the, on, on the Marvel side of the we got fence. something big. We're, we're DC guys now, but we do have to report on the Marvel stuff still. Do we? Uh, yes, we do. Oh. It's, it's we're, in We're contract. fair and balanced, right? <laughs> it's also in our contract. We don't get paid if we don't. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so the Who Infinity- the fuck's that us? <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, The Infinity Saga Collector's Edition box set has been revealed, containing all 23 Phase 1 to 3 films in the MCU on Blu-ray and 4K, and it is priced at $549 USD. Not dollary dues. Not dollary dues. So we can just assume that this is in here. It probably would be about $900 dollary dues, though. (laughs) This is in here just so we can laugh at the price point, right? Well, I mean, this is already cliche, but uh, what did it cost? Everything. (laughs) But yeah, that is, that's a hell of a price. That's insane. I mean, I guess price is set at what people will pay for it. And I, I guarantee you people will pay that for this, but like. Totally. Yeah. I, it makes I, me sad that they I will. I said, as soon as I saw this, I tagged you guys on Facebook because the box set has all the, the signatures from the credits of uh, Endgame. I was like, for that price, those better be real signatures. Like, yeah, that's, that's nuts. It's, it's like what, 20, 20 something bucks per film. So basically you're just buying them new. Yeah, uh, in this box set, even, even the ones of, that even the ones that are ten have, years old. Yeah, and who doesn't have at least Five a few of these? Of these. Yeah. Like, if you're someone that collects Blu-rays, mm. yeah. you've I've got, got at half. Least I've got half, half this collection. Of them, yeah, right. And that's the thing that kind of bothers me because, like, this is but there's new deleted scenes, <laughs> the scenes that weren't good enough for the movie. There's new ones, the scenes that weren't good enough to be the deleted scenes in the original yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> the pre-rendered visualizations. Oh, he was actually going to go down that tunnel. I, I, it's a, it's things like this that make me feel like Marvel looks at it at its fan base and just thinks these are the biggest bunch of fucking suckers because it's the same mentality that happened with their re-release of Endgame, yeah. which is like yeah. extra footage hey, can you blame them the way that yeah. um the way that people react in on the internet in comments whenever whenever someone like uh, a certain director we'll talk about later comes out and says something disparaging about marvel films the way they all come to the rescue it's like yeah they'll pay this for, for these movies yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah it just it, it's disheartening really no offense marvel fans we're, we're marvel fans too but i mean like, we are like i mean and and trust me when we get to that story i'll go in on the paint like i will fucking <laughs> 
I'll put on my Marvel hat and I'll do my <laughs> no duty. Doubt, like, no doubt, no um, doubt. I mean, just the the idea that Marvel is so, I guess, maybe not even arrogant, but just like, they, they just know people are going to pay this absolutely absurd price for, like, that's 550 USD. Like mm. Not even Australian. Like, Australian, that'd be what? Like, $650 at least, something like that? Yeah, easily. Right, like, 67 cents? Like, it's fucking silly. I, I feel as though, like, I wonder how this fits in with Disney Plus because obviously there's a huge cohort that still loves. That's a damn good point. You know, physical media and whatnot. But I'm getting Disney Plus. Theoretically, unless something's changed, I should have all of these films yep. sitting there on November 18th ready to go. I guess that's why the price is so high because they're like, this is just aimed at the people, the hardcore people who want the physical box set, like, they could literally just sell the box because they've already got all the Blu-rays anyway. They could put yeah. them in themselves. Uh, and everyone else is just going to be getting them for... I would love to know. If anyone on. that is listening is planning on buying this, Have I would love to know. already? Hit us up. Well, I, I want to know what and you're doing with your one. existing ones. One of those like, Blu-rays. <laughs> do you, did you not collect kind of assuming that this was going to come out? Like... What about the people who have like the phase one box set, the phase two box yeah, set? Yeah, like that, that's they're the, the, the most yeah, target for this. Now? I've got the helicarrier. And this one's just a box as well. This one isn't a helicarrier. It's not cool, uh, man. Anyways. I wanted Thor's gut to open up. Let's <laughs> move on. It should be an infinity gauntlet, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Just like, holding Give this guy a job. But like they've, they've kind of like elongated the fingers to accommodate for 21. No, <laughs> no, it's the Iron Man one with the, with the fingers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Alrighty, next up, also in massive news, Disney, that that juggernaut is developing a live-action movie reboot of the Inspector Gadget franchise from SNL writers Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel. Um, <laughs> I used to love this show when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. What about the movie? Hated I liked the movie really? when I was a kid. Actually, I really hated the movie. When Matthew I was a Broderick. Kid. It was. Man, I, I, I used still thought it was love off, that man. film. It's terrible casting. I just. I remember so clearly when I was a kid. I always found it so strange, like Scooby Doo as well. I always thought that was really odd. And that the Inspector Gadget one, I much prefer the cartoon. Well, I always much prefer. Wow, the cartoon. I used to. I used to rewatch that Matthew Broderick film like on repeat. Yeah. I loved that film. Shame to say, I think I did as well. Um. It's interesting because a really massive hurdle to telling the Inspector Gadget story in live action is that you look at this character, this, what is he, a cyborg, an android? This guy has some shady shit in his past. Like, as they had to do in the Broderick one, he had to die like a horrible death or get in a horrible accident so that they could reconstruct him as this this abomination. Mm. How, how do you tell that again? Or do you just have a guy who is this? <sighs> Look, I don't know. Like, that's... Need to keep it PG, man. Need to keep it safe for the kiddies. Well, what do they do with the Matthew Broderick one? Like, I mean, I, I will admit, I have not watched this in... He was in a car Gardner's... explosion or something? Something like that, right? Mm. Yeah. I can't even... I remember there being like a billboard, like he like slammed into a billboard or something. Does that a Yahoo bell? billboard, because yeah. they actually do the Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> the 90s, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should watch that movie, <laughs> I think. It's, 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 this is a movie that I actually don't want to watch because I just like the fact yeah. that I know that I liked it as a kid and I don't need to revisit what yeah. I liked as a kid sometimes. Mm. Like I, There was one that I watched not too recently, but like I hadn't watched in maybe close to 20 years, which is The Secret of Nim. And rewatching that was absolutely wonderful mm. um, because that brought me back to my childhood and it's a good film. Whereas this, I feel, would not be the same experience. No. <laughs> leave no. that behind, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the sequel starring French Stewart is a different story. That one's still a masterpiece. 
You tell me, bro. <laughs> um, so I'm gauging little to no interest on uh, Inspector Gadget live action reboot here. Nah. I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wish I could say something that intrigues me. Maybe, you know, maybe five years ago I would have said, oh, it's going to be cool how they use modern visual effects. So, but now I'm just, I'm overloaded, bro. Hmm. I'm, this, I've seen every visual effects that could have been seen. This, I truly believe that. I've seen it all. Don't you haven't, tell, seen, you don't, haven't seen Young Will Smith yet. We're, we're still yet to say that. Tempt them, George. Don't tempt, <laughs> tempt them. <laughs> um, the, this feels like a property that is really best suited to animation. It's one of those things that like the physics lie outside. Yeah. Like it's going to look weird if it's mm. in live action. And I, I kind of feel at this point that like, you know what? Maybe just, just let that one lie as an animation or bring it back as an animation. Fine. I don't care. But like live action doesn't really seem like the way to go with this. It's also one of those properties that just doesn't feel like it has a lot of pull nowadays. Yeah, surely. Like, like you and me, we're like, oh, we enjoyed that film. But I'm not going to be rushing out to see, like the, the the nostalgia for this film is not that big that I'd be like, oh yeah, like yeah, get, let, let me get some of that. Inspector older Gadget. than even us. I wonder if they're going to position it more in that sort of cars, you know, that really sort of three to six, you know, real kiddies. Or kiddies if it'll of. be a Disney Plus movie, they yeah. haven't really specified. Yeah, yet. yeah, lots of options. Anyway, next but I mean, up. you know, they're they're going to reboot Predator, they're going to reboot Alien, they're going to reboot everything. Wait, do you have any backing for this? Or are you just yes. assuming? <laughs> right up he here. can't reveal his sources right up here oh, good. Uh, I think it's comicbook.com <laughs> uh, you write for comicbook.com don't you no I see it I, I see it now. I don't think, any, I don't think anyone writes you? for comicbook.com the similarities are uncanny an algorithm just spits out shit from yeah. the headlines yeah. <laughs> it eats comic books and spits if, out have headlines have you ever tried to click think in movies? on a, a comicbook.com article there's no actual yeah, writing. Just it's just the headline. Like, they just ex- they 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 never expect anyone to go further than yeah, the headline. You have read this article. Yeah, it's like no, I have. It's like you have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe I did. Alrighty, next up, I uh, alluded to this one just before. We got some beef. People are going crazy out there. The internet's tearing itself apart. Martin Scorsese, this young upstart director, thinks he can come into our house. What the fuck? And talk about Marvel movies. My Marvel. Even Marvel though we're movies. DC now. Also, My yeah, Marvel. also known as the only movies. We're, we're taking right? the DC hats off and putting our Marvel hats off. Putting on my anti-Scorsese hat on. So when, when Scorsese spoke to uh, Empire... He had this to say, I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Um, honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to one another. You know what I have to say to you, Scorsese? You are completely right, and yeah. people are getting real weird about this. Yeah. He's right. <laughs> yeah, no, there there are theme park attractions. They're like it this big, way. Yeah, but this so, way. All right, so go on. But like, it, it's a different, it's it, it like, okay, put it this way. When in, okay, other than Loki, like Marvel is like the good guys and the bad guys and they're relatively polar to those spectrums, i.e., you know, you look at well, something like, with, like, if you look at, you, you know, look at something like Taxi Driver, you look at okay. something like Goodfellas, like these guys are doing some bad shit, mm. but you're on their side. And that's what Scorsese's all about. He's all about the gray area. So like to yeah. come into this Marvel thing and just have them so defined in comparison to Scorsese's kind of general flow. I can understand where he's coming from. But do you know what this sounds like? This this is why I disagree with it. Not to say that like, my, this sounds to me like someone being like, you know, rock music or like metal music isn't music because yeah. it's not my kind of music it or it's, because it's not classical music. Yeah. And you're like, no, fuck off. It's still music. It's just a different genre. It's, it's for different people. But to try and 
tell people that it's not music is the most elitist and just de- like it, it's it it is emblematic of someone that is so detached from reality. I, I think you're 100 percent correct. It's it's a it's so that, generational. My, yeah, well, not even generational, but it's like your preferences. Like I get like some people enjoy certain types of films, and they're never going to like the MCU or like Marvel movies in general, or just comic book movies in general. Like I get that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's good, there there are people that that live and breathe comic book films. Like, and I get that too. Um, that you know, having preferences within movies is not my issue. But when you start, you know, saying that that's not cinema or that's not film or whatever that is, like when you start drawing lines that, like, you know, somehow your genre is so departed from the medium that you know we, we're just not going to call it that Good anymore. One. Um, hey. Mm-hmm. Um, He's like, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Can I get any more in there? Yeah. Um, you know, if you're just thinking about the color of money, and yeah. uh, <laughs> that and if, all, if all these good fellas want to take him to task yeah, yeah. over it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna have to head it over to the casino. Yeah, set shit straight. <laughs> and look, this is my last waltz. Yeah. Um, no, look, I, I just think that it's it's such a it's such a a dumb thing to say, really. Like I get what he's getting at. Like I understand mm. the metaphor of it being like theme track, like you know, um, pop. Uh, it's like you know, it's the popcorn, yeah, instant gratification. But, but in in that in that kind of vein, like if you, if we're going to use that analogy, then a lot of the movies is he that you know that he's talking about as being you know quote unquote cinema are operas, and fuck, they can be boring. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think he definitely hits his point too hard, but I do think he's onto something. I think he aims it in the wrong direction as well. I think what he's saying would be much better applied to blockbuster filmmaking at large, especially nowadays. And I think the MCU yes. is is the worst example of saying, um, you know, this is not uh, cinema. Oh, as in this like there's not, better examples yeah, yeah. of bad like blockbuster. You, 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 you could literally say everything but the MCU almost. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely take his point yeah. to a Pick degree. Pick a better franchise like, Transformers. And honestly, so emblematic of that kind of theme park. Honestly, when he says he's tried, you know, he's watched half of like <laughs> Thor the Dark World or something, been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, whatever. As you say, Connor, not everything's for everyone. Preferences are all completely fine. I, the, my main point of issue with this was just the way everyone like takes him to task, like, or just like starts really shitting on Scorsese now. It's like, all right, calm down. He's, the man has, has he's, quite he's good a, too. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we can enjoy all of it, you yeah. know? I mean, to be fair, he is, I would, you know, I, I don't think it's a hard argument to make that he is one of the best filmmakers alive today. Totally. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's kind of that he is slightly detached from reality, I think. Like, yeah, it's just, as anyone his age would be, he's like mid-70s or something. There's also <laughs> another element to Oldest. this where it's like the, the definition or your or everyone's internal definition of cinema versus movie. Mm. You know, when I think of a Marvel film, when I go see a Marvel film, I'm always thinking about what's next. You know, I'm thinking about, oh, there's the tag. You know, there's the post-credit sequence. I'm always thinking mm. what's coming next. Well, with the, when I go to a Scorsese film, I'm kind of thinking about the film. Mm. You know, I'm, 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 I'm letting it marinate. So like, you know, movies versus cinema. Cinema, I'm thinking something more thought-provoking, probably maybe not as big a budget. You know, and, and a movie, I'm thinking more of a blockbuster, more of that instant gratification, having a great time. And that's probably where this whole, it's not cinema, it's a theme park, right? You know, you can add that layer on top. I, I, I understand what he's trying to get at by the analogy. And I agree. Like, you know, you go to these, like I watch, you know, Wolf of Wall Street for a different reason than I would watch um, or, you know, Avengers. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm, I will enjoy them both. 
yes. we'll get different things out of them. Yep. And, you know, it's not as if one is so far departed from, I did it again, um, the medium that I'm just kind of like, oh, that's not a film. So, yeah. anyways. I, I, I love it all too. And as one final point though, I, I just, I do understand his frustration when he would have come up in an era when a movie like The Godfather could be the highest grossing movie of the year. Um, and nowadays you're looking at, uh, you know, whatever new Star Wars thing there is, which is, that would be, as a filmmaker, uh, someone like him who really has spent his whole life trying to tell stories, I could see why that would be. A bit, yeah. Is Endgame, did Endgame be Avatar? Yeah. At the box office? We that reported happen? on this. That yeah. happened, yeah, right. You don't like to ask that on this podcast, man. George. Yeah, <laughs> what, are you, what are you calling yourself out for? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, it shows you have. It shows that Disney doesn't works. have you yet. Yeah, they don't have me, mate. Uh, what time is it, though? It's trailer time. Oh, trailer time. Um, all right, so we've got a big list of trailers uh, this week. First on that list is uh, one that I'm assuming many of you wouldn't have seen, because the only way that I think that you can see it at the moment is at the beginning of The Joker, only in 70 mil, mm. which is, I didn't go to a 70 mil screening of it. Couldn't, couldn't work out the timings. Um, so I had to watch some like weird Russian version <laughs> on YouTube. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, it is, it is the same one. Just so you know. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask that. Mm. Um, but, uh, this is the new, um, Christopher Nolan film. There isn't an awful lot of information on what it's about, but we can be pretty, um, pretty confident that it's going to deal with time in some weird and wacky way. Um, but, uh, what did you guys think of this? Like, I mean, this, this trailer, there's not much to it. But I'm I'm kind of sold on I'm it. I'm in. I'm so in. Dude. Seeing it in the cinema was very cool, and Fuck. yet it's basically just what is his name, John David Washington, yeah. Um, yeah. just walking along, examining kind of bullet Two holes. Bullet holes uh, that look like it, clones, identical but, yeah. bullet holes. Then it kind of reverses, and then there's just some random imagery at the end. It reminded me a lot of the initial uh, Inception teasers. Totally, just a bunch of imagery with a lot of Hans Zimmer bombing over it. Yeah, I don't think it's um, Hans Zimmer though. So, somebody else is um, on this. Really, well, let's look it up. Ludwig Göransson, yeah, uh, Black Panther mm. guy. So well, interesting times. It didn't sound too dissimilar to, to no, Hans Zimmer stuff. Didn't. Um, but yeah, exciting because we don't really know anything about this. Man, I tell you fucking what, <laughs> my boy Nolan knows how to make a trailer. At least for my sensibilities, I can't tell you. I was just like this, like the the tension was building up. The images, uh, the cinematography, Hoity Van Hoity doing <laughs> his thing. I love this team. I love what these guys do. I I cannot tell you. I'm already fucking on this, and I'm mm. gonna be. Uh, I'm. Go I don't know how I'm gonna be able to cope till July next year. Christopher just Nolan playing with time. Too exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but he, look, he's, he's never really disappointed me. Um, really? I, I am far more lenient on Interstellar than a lot of people. A lot of people. He's never disappointed you. Oh, God, I'm forgetting about something. Aren't no, I? I'm just like, if, if, if that, like, good for you, if that's true. I'm trying to think. Dark Knight Rises? Okay. Yeah, you had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> it's not, like, okay, but, so but, he, has <laughs> not, he has not disappointed me outside of the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Yeah, I think <laughs> until you mention the next movie, I would say that little me. cluster there, um, Interstellar and Dark Knight Rises, where the time where I was sort of like, I love what you're doing, but it's not quite connecting with me. Mm. And then Doug Kerr came, and I was like, he's back, nice. he's back, and and this just looks, I can't tell you, man. I, I just think it looks so clean. That cinematography style. He's getting carried off by two police guards at one point or something. Looked like something out of Blade Runner. Mm. I, I'm, I'm very, very excited for this. Yeah. I think the production design and everything, it's just going to look fantastic. Yeah. I would almost say rush out to see Joker in 70 mil just 
to see this because I, I, I got caught by surprise as well. So same. I didn't realize it was attached to this. Yeah. Wait. I, I thought this was awesome. Oh. Did you mention that? <laughs> what? Did you mention that in the group? What? Did you mention yeah, that this was attached? Yeah, he told us that it was really? before the film. <laughs> Oh, so wait, actually, I do remember as soon as it came up, I was like, oh, yeah, Benny. Right. Benny said, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But when I went into the cinema, I wasn't like, oh, oh, because I like when, <laughs> when, when Ghost Protocol came out, I went to see Ghost Protocol at the IMAX to get that Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises, yeah. Okay. Sorry, it was just, it was making me laugh because I was thinking about um, the, this, was it the soundtrack for in the uh, Mouth of Madness that he was talking about or something like that, that you had yeah. done this a couple of times with Ben. Just like, bro, you have to check this out. He's like, I have been suggesting <laughs> he this. He told me six years ago or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. I also told you about the Tenet thing six years ago in all fairness. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you got the inside. In the sure. <laughs> um, yeah, no, very excited for that. Um, Faith and Nolan. Uh, next we have Birds of Prey. At long last. Or the, what is it? The Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. The Fantabulous Emancipation, the fantabulous of, one Harley Quinn, emancipation yeah. of Harley Quinn. Um, that title feels about as unnecessary as this entire film. Um, I'm not, I, I, I'm getting some serious Suicide Squad Same. vibes out of this and mm. it is not instilling confidence. So I, I definitely see that. I, for some reason, I don't know, I'm getting... A slight tweak to that that gives me a little bit of confidence. I don't know. It feels a little different. And I say that this is someone who's never liked Harley Quinn as a character. I find her very grating. Um, but I'm thinking maybe they might be able to sell it in the same way that I was really skeptical at Deadpool. Because I, I really have a very short fuse for that character. Um, but, you know, the way they portray him with Ryan Reynolds, I'm like, yes, I can take uh, all of this. Um I don't know, something about this trailer. I like the angle they're taking with the... Um, I mean, it really feels like Black Mask is a Joker stand-in, right? Like, if yeah. Joker had been better received, they would he would be in Definitely. that role in this movie. Definitely. Yeah. But um, otherwise, I do like the angle um, that they're taking with that, the emancipation angle, I guess. Yep. Um, beyond that, I don't know. It just looks like they're having fun with it. I've heard there's going to be a lot of fourth wall breaking, which could really go either way. But... Um, yeah, it looks a bit wacky. It looks like there's a bit of um, fantasy uh, elements to it. These are all things that could probably have been said of um, Suicide Squad before we watched it, based on the trailers. Apart from oh, the that it could be good. Part, <laughs> apart from the emancipation part, but just like mm. it looked wacky. There's some you know fantasy aspects. It's mm. doing something a little different. It's like you know we're looking at the the bad guys and well i was just thinking today about how i i do actually like the angle that they took on suicide squad it was just a shame that the movie wasn't any good yeah so i guess that's the question of whether it was really is there an issue with the way that that movie is designed from the get-go or is it really just the kind of the execution aspect of that that really fell through Mm. and i don't think we'll ever really know um with suicide squad so you know maybe this this will be the answer to that can you still have that same vibe but you know maybe just edit it a little bit better you know kind of give it more of a um just a better story um do some actual character work there are just so many things about suicide squad that could have been constructed better yeah Yeah. well that's why that's why i wonder is there something on that very kind of core level Mm. that just doesn't work with that um i Heard something about this the other day that it might actually ruin this movie for me. Um, I don't even know what's true, but I heard. I, I actually kind of like Ewan McGregor in this in this trailer. I never, his Did American you, accent's he, never really sold on me. He's, never, know, he he's looks, never really, you know, he, yeah. or sorry, not never. He's sorry, 
he is not really in this that much. No, but right. he seems so over the top and fun. Um, but then I heard the role was initially offered to Sam Rockwell, and then I was like, oh, well, that's the movie I want to see. Mm. <laughs> the entire time I'm going to be watching this, that's the movie I'm going to want to be seeing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I have so much respect. The, the, in terms of the good from this, I have so much respect for Harley, Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie hmm. as an actor, as an entrepreneur, as a producer, taking charge of your destiny, developing these projects. I think that's really cool. The There's nothing in here that's really capturing my attention and presenting, exciting me. And um, I really want to see more of these other characters because it was so focused on Harley Quinn. Hmm. Um, I want to see these other Birds of Prey characters come through and maybe that'll make it more interesting and 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 in the first trailer maybe you don't want to show those people maybe you want to say that for trailer two trailer three focus on harley quinn that's where the brand equity is you know so this it's is, probably a this smart is trailer move. two right is this trailer two yeah. this is the first trailer yeah i thought this was the We've first had trailer a, a brief sort of teaser before but this is the first trailer. Oh, okay yeah so maybe that's what i'm remembering you now. know I don't. I don't have much faith in it, but it could be good. It yeah. could be good. I think at the moment, a lot of a lot of my hesitation is based off of Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. So, and that might not be fair to this film. Well, no, but it, that is a really interesting point because this is going to be such an interesting adjustment for them because Aquaman had the briefest mention of anything that had come before. Um, I think you there's know, about a, like twenty seconds worth of. Yeah, there was just you they defeated Steppenwolf in them. Yeah, yeah, it. and that was it. And then um, uh, Shazam was very much its own thing in most ways. Um, this movie really is going to have to address what the DCEU actually is right now. Does it even exist? Because it's taking elements from stuff we've had before and it's obviously going to be trying moving moving forward because this movie apparently the plot is that Batman's been missing for like a couple of years. Okay. So they pretty much... That just feels like they don't even know what they're doing right now with Batfleck. Like, are they going to recast the Batman? Are they going to have mm. a different? Are they just going to ignore him forever and have their other continuity? Is that ever going to connect to anything else? It, is Robert Pattinson in a me. different continuity? Yes, I believe so. Oh my god! Yeah. Who knows that it could get changed? Absolutely, yeah. I, I believe at this That's stage exhausting. he is. In which case, we'd have at least three DC continuities running right now. Three major ones, um, sort of. What's but, the third? Uh, like the Joker sort of thing. Oh, okay. <clears throat> or even just Elseworlds as a whole. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how they try and stitch this all up. I just don't want to think about it too much because it <laughs> fucking makes my brain hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, well, let's move on then. Uh, we have another sequel, which is Zombieland Double Tap. Um, this, I don't know about you guys, but this trailer to me almost feels like it's trying too hard. Be like, remember the good times, guys? Remember when Zombieland was even in the trailer? Success? I feel like this is a trailer from 15 years ago. Within you know the voiceover, and maybe they were leaning into it. Maybe this was all purposeful. But the the old school voiceover, mm. the guy, you know, the director of Venom, you know, Academy Award nominee Woody Harrelson. I liked that though. You know, I'm 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 like, okay, maybe you're leaning into it, but it just I thought this was such a piss weak trailer. I think for what. Uh, this did not this basically put put it this way this trailer did not make me want to see this made me want to this trailer made me want to see this movie less oh no less i would not go all right i I should have finished my thought before (laughs) i let you go because i am not nearly as um hating on this trailer i'm not Um, hating on it it there's just no interest for me yeah i think it tries a little bit too hard there are aspects of it that kind of make me a little bit interested but ultimately the I mean, there's a one scene that just com- completely breaks the fourth wall, and it's just them interviewing 
um, Bill Murray being like, why did you do that film? And he goes, you know, what is it? Like cocaine is expensive or something, mm. um, which is funny, but I didn't also think that was funny at all. Very bizarre to have him just kind of like, it, like not part of the film, like just a random kind of interview in the middle. Like it was weird. Um, something no one ever really talks about with Zombieland, which I just rewatched recently for anyone who's been listening, um, is that I think it, despite being, you know, kind of a broad comedy in places, I think it actually creates a really awesome post-apocalyptic zombie world with, um, a really, uh, just kind of solid mythology to it. Like it, it establishes very early on that this is essentially like a, an infection or a disease. This yeah. isn't really a typical zombies. They aren't the undead that people aren't rising out of their graves. They can be killed pretty easily, it seems. Um, and it's like kind of more your 28 days later sort of situation. And it, the way that Jesse Eisenberg character, I guess, lives in this world feels realistic to me. Feels mm. like a, a real world of sorts that, that you could actually have kind of macabre fun in. Um, this sequel, though, feels like it's going to completely destroy all of that. This is 10 years down the line. I assume it's set 10 years in the future as well, or after that one. It doesn't seem like society has changed one iota. I feel like the world could have put itself back together to some degree. I don't know. I feel like there's actual interesting something to explore there, which they're definitely not mm. going to do. Instead, they're just going to be making meta jokes to the first one and having doppelganger characters show up, which is just going to break all the reality of it. And I know I'm overthinking it, but it's it's just taking a lot of the stuff I liked from the first one and it just seems like it's going to be dumb. And Yeah, this uh, is a little bit like it. that. It's that movie that for all intents and purposes should not have been good but was spectacular mm. uh, for its time and doing a follow-up sequel is really difficult 10 years later yeah particularly 10 years later because you're you're taking something that is kind of it is lightning in a bottle like i mean it's just it's it's one of those things that shouldn't have been but somehow was and and you know trying to replicate that that being said they could say this is set two years later because everyone has aged so well Probably yeah, totally. Carlson, even Breslin looks, doesn't look much yeah, older, which is super weird. Mm. Yeah, this is what this is like an Anchorman too. You know, you're gonna get a few laughs. There's gonna be some funny shit in there. Yeah, mm. but on the whole, it's all about the original, and that one's gonna be a dust collector. Yeah, it's actually reminding me more of like a Bad Santa too. I didn't which, even um, see that man. Yeah, good. That that's a dirty word around here. Mm. Yeah, I love that original. Mm. Never, never taint that. Mm. Never that. Anyways, moving on, we have Guy Ritchie's return to Gangsterland, uh, London, with The Gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard nothing about this movie. Yeah, We talked about it, I think, a couple weeks ago. Tough Guys, it used to be called, I know. Okay. But the fact yeah, that yeah. the trailer came out. Just out of nowhere, right? Mm. Um, like I was reading an article saying about how uh, Guy Ritchie is going to reunite with Jason Statham for his next movie. And they mentioned the gentleman briefly. I didn't even put the trailer in there. I was like, "What's happening?" Yeah, um, I'm weirdly excited for this film. I think it looks good. Um, I am a bit of a Guy Ritchie apologist. Um, Swept Away is your favorite film. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I recently went through a bit of his catalog. Like I rewatched Snatch and Lock, Stock and Rock and Roller, um, and I did it in that order, I believe. Um, and their quality is in that order. Snatch and Lockstock are, are kind of relatively on par. Mm. Like um, for I'd me, agree with that. Yeah, Rock and Roller is is a, a noticeable dip while mm. still being you know somewhat good. Um, but uh, the the idea of him returning to that style of filmmaking is really exciting for me because mm. I I just I I really like his his style. 
Like I, I like his sensibilities in film. And I don't think um, Sherlock Holmes' Game of Shadows or Aladdin really scratched anyone's Guy Ritchie itch. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, again, I'm a bit more of an apologist with things like Game of Shadows. Um, Aladdin can is neither here nor there for me, but like mm. um, Game mm. of Shadows was kind of I thought it was cool. Mm. Had a strength as well. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I felt like a lot of the trailers this week really didn't do much for me. So this didn't this didn't even like itch some curiosity out of you no. for a, a Guy Ritchie return. I watched all of these an hour ago. I forgot this one existed, but I do think it looks good, and I am keen to say it. Unless yeah. everyone says it's worse than Rock and Roller, then I'm out. I just don't think it's got a distinct look to it. I don't know. I really want to like Charlie Hunnam, but there's just nothing that I've seen him where I'm like, "Ooh, Charlie Hunnam's in it." <laughs> that you know, Ooh. and I see him on screen, and I'm like, "Hey, it's hey that guy. man, have have you been?" Mm. You know, nice, nice to see you again. And then that, you know, that it's yeah. What was he like in um, uh, Lost City of Z? Great, but that movie, like all of uh, what's his names, it was very cold. So yeah, and he doesn't exactly, you know, bring happiness and rainbows to the screen, does he? Mm. Yeah, um, I, I'm really, I'm really not sure about this film. It's Let's see if another trailer can tickle my fancy because it, it doesn't have that kind of graininess or there's a certain amount of God, I don't even know how to describe it. Like there's a danger, yeah. There's to a dan- snatch and lockstock yes. that this one doesn't have. This one's very polished. Yeah, feels a little bit more on the the um, Sherlock Holmes side. Yeah, I will say because I've only just remembered this trailer. <laughs> it's taken me sitting here this whole time. Um, I thought Hugh Grant looked awesome. Yeah, I've that, never uh, seen him not play a Hugh Grant type character yeah, before. Yeah, and he's got like a distinctly non-Hugh Grant accent mm. as well. And that threw me because I was like, oh, look, it's Hugh Grant. And then he started speaking. I was like, that's not Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Hugh always, Grant? I always get nervous when directors are like, you know, he and, and Guy Ritchie's had a great run when you look at box office. You know, he's bringing in the dough, man. Yeah, King but, Arthur was a massive success. But, um, you know... <laughs> Otherwise, man, it's the biggest box office bomb of all time. Am I I sledging my own movie that I defend? Like, (laughs) you've done that to yourself. But, you you know, like, it's is this a good idea to be going back to the genre that made made you famous, you know, put you on the map? Very potentially, if the story's there, the story's there and, and he's ready to go, but. There's just something. There's not. There's something there's not connecting people, here. I think there's a lot of people that want him to go back to that genre because yeah. think. Um, but will it be successful? That's the thing. Like it's it's all well and good to put out a gangster film, but you want it to be up there with those other ones. Unless it's absolutely terrific, it'll do about as well as Rock and Roller did, which is whatever. I'm sure. Um, I reckon just after Aladdin, this guy needed to get something pure out of himself again. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he sold his soul to Disney probably. for that. Movie. That's why he did it in six weeks. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so he didn't hear about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we move on? Yeah. We have Richard Jewell, which is the new Clint Eastwood one. Mm. Um, this guy is having one heck of a retirement. <laughs> um, that's like, what, a movie a year since he's retired? <laughs> yeah, and he still manages to fit in yelling at empty chairs at Republican rallies anyway. I think he hasn't done that in years, right? Yeah, that was ages ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's lost even more it's of such, his mind since then. It's such a, an easy target that I've gotten to the point where I'm like, no, you're not allowed to make that joke it's such anymore. such bizarre footage. Um, um, I think this trailer looks great. Yeah, this is really interesting. True story about a security guard who discovered a bomb uh, in, in, a, in a park, yeah, and uh, saved a lot of lives, and then became the main suspect in the case of the bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, I read. Do you up, know the real story? Like, I read up. I'd never heard of it before. I read up a little bit about it. I, I think there's a very interesting story there, and yeah. the, the guy um, 
sadly passed away um, from like heart related oh, no, issues right. at like 44 years old. But um, man, the casting is amazing. It's a guy from uh, Itonia mm. who was amazing. He was so funny in that yeah. video. Um, yeah. He looks exactly like the real dude. Yeah, I, I, I like these kind of stories. You know, the gray area. Did he do it? Didn't he do it? Mm. Um, I think there's also a lot of stuff. You know, it's similar to how the Joker's kind of speaking to what's going on in, in, in the media and, and the, the, the conversations we're having. I think this is also, to a certain degree, mm. speaking to some of those things. This and, movie, or this movie will, the trailer actually scared the shit out of me. Because there's just that scene where they're getting him to say stuff into a phone. Yeah. Which genuinely... Like it's it, disconcerting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it made me feel yeah. uncomfortable because you can just, it's that, it's, it's that mentality. It's all good, man. It's all good, man. Yeah, exactly. Very making a murderer. Yeah, yes. and if you, you hear that kind of shit and you're like, oh, don't do it, man. Like, so, um, and, and I think John Hammond, uh, I, I can't even remember who else was in the other um, yeah, investigator. Yeah, I was totally focused on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, they did a really good job devil. of just that kind of creepy line between like reassuring and, and dangerous. And, um, and I think that this movie, that's what really... Go has again, man. Go again, man. Yeah, that's what's got me interested interested in this film, which is just that kind of, um, you know, how you know, could the government really fuck you up? Like, is this a viable thing that could happen? Has it happened? Yeah, I think that this is going to play into a lot of, um, a lot of fears actually. Eastwood has made a lot of stinkers over the past couple of decades, though. So hopefully, this one's all right. Yeah, his track record's not great. Yeah, did you see yeah. um uh, the mule? Negative. No. Yeah, I'd, I like I. He had a cool trailer, and I just never. I have yeah, heard though bothered. that he has two threesomes in that film. Fuck yeah! What, Clint Eastwood, yeah. <laughs> which almost made me want to go and see. Holy fuck! How two bizarre! Yeah, <laughs> like are they flashbacks with him being de-aged or like? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> as like a ninety-nine-year-old man, oh, he's probably playing seventy. He could, he could pull it off. <laughs> Baby, the man I'm doing is, a new movie. Sure, Why do you think they call be, him the mule? That man has got to be 147. <laughs> like, it's just... Uh, Jesus. Oh, fuck. Um, I really want to watch that now. Yeah, I know, right? That should <laughs> be in the trailer. Why is that not the trailer? <laughs> you listening, Clint? <laughs> Speaking of uh, cinematic masterpieces, we have uh, Six Underground, which is the Ryan Reynolds... Bring it. Michael Bay film. Mm. This is the, this goes back to exactly the difference between cinema and a movie. You would never call this cinema. You call this a movie because it's just absolute bullshit. But hey, you know what? Michael Bay, he knows how to shoot. Some of the shots, some of the camera oh, movement, yeah, it's crisp. I'll man. turn up for Michael Bay. I'll turn up, man. I'll mm. turn the fuck up. I'll Especially if that, I don't have to, to leave the home. Yeah, I mm. will go to that theme park. A hundred percent. The indoor theme park. Yeah, that whole cinema movie thing just still gives me. Yeah, like, let's it, not get down that like such at all. A How's this looking from an anti Michael Bay guy? I'm not. I'm not anti. Yeah, didn't you say you wanted his whole family to? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? I want him dead. I want his family dead. I, I, I want. Dead. To, yeah, I got some kind of like sick pleasure about watching him at that Samsung conference. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, that no, was that made me so. No, that was brilliant, wasn't it? That I was so uncomfortable. What the fuck happened that. there again? I don't know. He, he, he just stage, broke was, down. Yeah, it was like the 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 first ever sort of bendy screen. He was TV. talking like he, he, he looked like he lost his mind. The cue card, the like, cue card wasn't working. Oh god! And he's just like, um, goodbye. And he walks <laughs> off set. And it was Samsung. It was, the Samsung head of the show is just like, oh. Thanks, Michael. Can you imagine? Fucking asshole. Did he start crying? Can you imagine how hard someone copped it when he walked off stage? 
He would have murdered someone. Oh, yeah. I thought he like. Did get he start crying? Like, <laughs> did he start crying or like having his mental breakdown? I gotta look this up. Like, he died. Never seen this. Never this. I'm so glad you brought this up. We need to. We need to get this meme going. This is the again. show now. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, Long we'll check memes. it out after the show. It's it's bizarre. Like I couldn't watch all of it when I, mm. I remember it's watching. Cringy. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. Mm. Anyways. Um. No. I see. I say the same thing that most people say about Michael Bay, which is that from a, a, a craftsman point of view in terms of cinematography and in, in terms of shooting, particularly action scenes, that man is a fucking master. Yeah. Like he he knows how to make a, a, a shiny looking film. Um, can't edit or, or tell a story worth shit. But um, he can do, okay, he can do editing at a micro level, at a macro level. That's where he suffers. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Because he'll have like an action scene that is beautifully put yes. together. And then he'll cut straight to like a dialogue scene with no kind of mm. nothing in between. And it's very jarring. It's like, and, oh, and it's oh, like two hours 40. And it's like, man, this yeah. is two hours. You could do twice the amount of sessions, bring in a lot more money. And, oh, and just, you know, not drag your story. Exactly. With useless shit. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, Ryan Reynolds is, is playing Ryan Reynolds. Are you guys um, cool with this? As a fascist superhero. Are, are you guys cool with Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds again and again and again? Because I'm starting to get tired. I'd of be it. interested to see him try something different because I don't think we ever have. I'm really getting tired. I've, I, I don't, so I, I don't you think. Can't, are you tired of The Rock? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, after that last one, I'm, I'm getting over it. What was that one that he just turned up in? He was in Hobbs and Shaw. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Ryan Reynolds turns up. I was like, man. I find I don't know him doing that far less egregious than The Rock just doing The Rock. Because The Rock only ever plays The Rock. But The Rock comes from that superhero pedigree, superhero, uh, WWE wrestling pedigree where it's like he's been a caricature, essentially. He's been a character. And then Ryan Reynolds, you know, he's an actor. He's a comedic <laughs> he's actor. actor. Well, it he's does feel like Ryan Reynolds actor. would have it in him, would have the skill to actually that's, do something different. That, that's kind of what I'm trying to say is mm. like, what he should be more versatile. He yes, did. he has a few things that he really zones in on, but he is versatile. I mean, Buried, you brought up Buried not yeah. too long ago. That's a really cool film. Mm. He has a number of really interesting films under his belt. But so, he, so he does play other things other than just Ryan Reynolds. I just think like... In terms of where, where, what I'm seeing from him right now and the amount of stuff that I'm getting exposed to, you know, I would like to see a bit more variety. This doesn't, this doesn't feel like the film for it, though. I mean, I will agree with that. Like, I don't think that this is where he should be doing that particular shtick. Um, I don't even think he's particularly good casting for this. Unless, like, unless this movie really leans into the, the schlockiness of it, like, unless they kind of, go hard and i don't think that michael bay is self-aware enough to do that mm. but i think there's a potential because this movie looks so so polished and so kind of over the top that they might be able to just you know kind of push it so far that it kind of becomes essentially you yeah know, a funny connection there is actually i think one of the best rock performances is from a michael bay movie pain and gain mm. um which that's true i, yeah. I think is a, actually a pretty terrific movie except yeah. for some of the like really over the top bayisms in it but um yeah, I the one thing in this trailer I didn't think was cause cool that magnet scene. That actually seems like a good set piece. Yeah, when you're watching these kind of you know run and gun action and movies, you'd never see anything really new. I was like, oh, that's kind of new. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and the cars, the, the 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 design, it all looks really, really great. Very polished. Yeah, yeah. it's a Netflix movie. I'm kind of excited for this. Michael Bay is a bloody great get for them. Yeah, 
I would not think he would do streaming. I Good think that there's he's one of those of, cinematic guys out there, you know. Yeah. To be honest, I think there's a lot of. Um, I think Netflix is doing a really good job of attracting um, a lot of cool artists by saying we are going to give you free reign to do whatever you want. Because mm. it's it's it's. I mean, for them, it's about producing content, and I think that they are taking more risks mm. with quality to to ensure that they get some interesting, like so, mm. something. They like, don't care what the movie is if they can say. From Michael Bay, director yeah. of this, 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 and this. Whereas a studio, I think, is is really concerned about this one piece that they're going to like put out there. Netflix has a more macro strategy. They're they're looking at yep. a platform with like, and you know, if that movie's good, awesome. If it's not, eh. But it, mm. it it allows for creators to be creative, and I think that that's how they get names like Scorsese. I think that's how they get names like Michael Bay. <laughs> And like um, a bunch. No of one's ever people. mentioned them in the same sentence before. I know, well, I know right? <laughs> but just in terms of like big, you know, big swinging dicks in Hollywood mm. type thing. It's an interesting thought, man, because like when you send something to the cinema, it's gotta be fair. Like people don't want to put out MA films, people don't want to put R-rated films because you want to get as many bums in the seat. Yeah. Mm. So you don't tone be it controversial. Back, don't want to be exactly make it as ubiquitous, make it as relatable to everyone as possible, and then within the. The, the Netflix, the streaming model is you, you, you mitigate all of those distribution costs. So you're making more margin essentially. And you can go down these little niche verticals that genres that maybe wouldn't work. You know, like yep. Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> so basically not superhero movies. <laughs> and you're working with- Haunting of Hill House wouldn't have done well at the cinema. Yeah. Number one, it's not, it's a completely different platform, but that was one of the best. Yeah. Wasn't that one of the, one of the highest charting Netflix shows of last year? I mean a horror film horror mm, yeah. show mm. and and i mean like, i think that's really spectacular and um you know they, they can operate on a different model like i yeah. mean they, they operate on a subscription model which means their their cash flow is so different than a movie like movie gets an injection of a lot of funds and then they kind of go we have to make this back yes netflix is like they know where their revenue stream yeah. is coming from like yeah. they understand how this is exactly going. Mm. So, more stable in a way yeah yeah um, so anyways let's move on Got a, lot, a few more trailers to um, discuss. We've got 1917. Sam um, Mendy's war film. Dunkirk 2. So yeah. I was not super interested in this until news came out last week that I thought was very interesting. I'm going to color everyone's kind of perception of this film. I don't know if you guys have heard. The movie is entirely shot to look like one take. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, which changes it completely for me because I think that is going to be such an interesting, tense experience watching this ticking clock movie um, in one. from these guys' perspective in real time. I think that's awesome. So it's it's definitely shot to, to look like one take. It's mm. not, it, no, it's not going to be, be stitched. No. It's over like but two I'm, days, I think. But I'm sure they'll do some very interesting things with it. Yeah, um, that is interesting. Do you think that the, um, the one take um, thing is maybe starting to get a little overdone? Or like yeah. a bit of a... I think it already kind of reached saturation point. I Bird feel like Man. it's already, it's already, well, yeah, it, I, I really feel like it started with True Detective, had that one amazing yeah. one and then um, we had Birdman, there was that one in uh, Daredevil. Wasn't that Mary Elizabeth Winstead? No, sorry, um, Elizabeth Olsen film from like 2010, where it was, it was, the whole movie was one take. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, I knew there was only two little spots where you could see yeah. they stitched it together. Mm. I still remember um, at the beginning of uh, Serenity, there was an absolutely beautiful one take. Um, right to do the introduction of all the cast and and that which I thought was that was one of the earliest times that I saw it being used as like a um, a device where like the first time I noticed at least. But in terms of scope, this is 
by so, so, so far the biggest movie to ever attempt this. Mm. And I'm really keen to see how they do it and how um, how successfully they do it. Yeah. Because Birdman would be second place and that's just a drama. Yeah. Um, well, that's very indie, that's, indie drama. Yeah. Mm. You can have like a shaky cameraman like and, – and that is that is actually just – how many takes is it actually? It's Birdman. Like three or four or something. Birdman? Yeah. Yeah. Birdman, you can see a lot of stitching going on. They're going yeah. down the stairs. It's like, oh, yep, they're stitched out. A few noticeable yeah. spots. It's, it's still well done, though. I'd say every 10 to 20 minutes is a, a new stitch. Yeah. In that. But that's still impressive. Oh, totally. I mean, if if they're able to do... They won't be able to do that with this one. I don't think but, they'll be able but, to do 20 minutes. But then, like, of... does that inherently make the film better? Like, is an interesting technique if they can make it work? It's interesting. You and know? it's a risk. It's ambitious. So but I do think... I remember Birdman because of the one-take thing? No. I remember Birdman really? because of... So that's one of the most things I remember. I really? That's it, one yeah. of the most... Yeah, oh, that's when okay. I think about Birdman. I thought that movie was like... otherwise kind of overrated. But um, okay. But yeah, I do think this will make this movie better because I've seen... A, well, I haven't seen a lot of war movies because I'm not interested in war movies. Honestly, the only reason I'm kind of interested in this now is because of this and Sam Mendes and, mm-hmm. you know, the cinematographer. I'm like, this is kind of interesting now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But to speak to the actual trailer, I thought this trailer was miles better than the previous mm. one. And it, you know, one take aside... Um, I'm actually quite interested to see this mm. from a story perspective. It seems like a really knowing what the story is about. About kind of, it seems to be like following these two soldiers as they make a um, a run for a different platoon or whatever it is. That kind of interests me. Yeah, to save 1,600 guys walking into a trap. Yeah, um, it it kind of cool. reminds me a little of Saving Private Ryan, of like focusing on this one group that has to get from point A to point B, mm. which in itself is not like a very original thought or or plot line but it is one that i i tend to enjoy mm. yeah yeah are you just movie. hating on all of <laughs> the movie. trailers this week War tenet ruined everything yeah, for you yeah. fuck throw me th- show me three seconds of uh chris nolan movie with no <laughs> yeah. related and imagery and, and i'm like yeah, yeah this is cinema <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's true <laughs> what have i become um all right Next, we've got uh, Amazon Prime's Picard. 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 He works on a film and in makes a the wine. Yeah, fuck this shit, man. Really? It's a next generation OG fan. It's a little bullshit. Better trailer? It is a yeah, better is. trailer. Better trailer, yeah. Than the it previous is. one. Um, Interesting, like, data how, data you know, the new world, old world, yeah. like, this is not my Starfleet kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. But, you know, god damn it, man. I... I can't see this being Mate, satisfying. Come on, as if Data does like he, he looks bad. You know, you guys, just, you guys, better. Folk, you, okay, oh. so you guys said last time how bad he looked. I didn't think he looked bad in the last one. In this one, I was like, holy <laughs> shit. In the sunlight, you're like, oh, God. How is no. he alive? <laughs> it's a miracle. Uh, um, I thought that was a dumb scene as well. I'd be like, I don't know how. It's a fucking paintbrush. Pick the damn thing up. Yeah. Riker shows up. Yeah. yeah whatever wilhelm what a guy <laughs> yeah uh yeah definite skip on this one for now definitely fair call uh second last we have his dark materials um you know that emoji can everyone <laughs> can everyone at home listening hear this emoji That's, the i don't care emoji it's the shrug emoji the shrug emoji yeah, like ugh. um yeah i get it i like this for me if I was, I was 14, thinking, I would have loved this. I was thinking about this. I would love this. Right? And I was saying that the only way that I would watch this is because I know the story. I know it's an interesting story and it's HBO. So I'm I'm uh, 
those are things that would convince me to see this, not the trailer itself. Because the trailer seems just absolutely saturated with a whole bunch of stuff that has very little relevance. And I found myself thinking about what makes a good trailer more than actually watching the trailer this time. Because mm-hmm. it was just, I got stuck in my own head. I was like, this, is, this isn't a good trailer. James McAvoy's in this, isn't he? Yep. He can't be in it much because he doesn't get name checked at the end. Yeah, no. I mean, the character that he plays is someone that is not um, in the story an awful lot. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing to say about this either. Looks like some fantasy nonsense that um, probably I'm not going to be able to get into. Yeah, exactly the same. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> finally, we have Rick and Morty season four. Is this more your fantasy? There we go. Yeah, some sci-fi nonsense yeah. that yeah. I can get yeah. into. This is for the elevated mind, for yeah. the educated. You have to be really intelligent uh, to understand uh, yeah. this show. No, somehow, uh, after all the, the the talk of this show's fans turning me off it, seeing this trailer, I'm like, oh I'm yeah, so back on board, baby. Yeah. I'll in, never in, not- until until the first episode has someone terrorizing a McDonald's again, then I'm like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 always down from Rick and Morty. Like, mm. I, I'm with you. I think that a lot of its fan, fan base are just the worst but um but the the show itself is actually really good mm. so i mean i'm never not going to yeah i completely agree it looks awesome animation style looks great some of these new characters already look really fun only five episodes that's we're that's what i wanted to talk point. about yeah so is that like five episodes all at once or is it five episodes over five weeks and more importantly is that it until undetermined They're doing it in time? two halves like breaking bad so I couldn't even be next year that we get uh, we get the second half. And I well, it starts in like November, so definitely. I, yeah, I was gonna say it'd be pretty. Could be twenty twenty, boys. Hold <laughs> yeah. out. You're gonna be all right. You can come cry on my shoulder. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I would like them to go uh, quality over quantity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've already said that there's no there's going to be no more like three year waits in between seasons. Like they're gonna try and pump out a season every. <laughs> So, yeah, it's just half of a season every year and a half. No more three yeah, seasons, yeah. three year wait, though. They found a way around it. <laughs> Semantics. God damn, damn, yeah. harm. And they, they acknowledge it right in the trailer there. What, what do they say? It's like I can't remember. less episodes than you deserve, that, but yeah. more than we can handle. Yeah. 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 Bring it on. As long as there's a pickle, Rick, too, I'm happy. Ugh, <laughs> oh, no. Let's cap it off with question of the week. This one's from our boy, Tristan Myers. AT Bone. Missing your burrow, bone. (laughs) Missing your bone. Bone? (laughs) Missing your bone. (laughs) It's all coming out. It's all coming out on the podcast today, people. Uh, The sump is in trouble. They enlist your help. You have $1 million and one year to make Craven the motherfucker. What do you do? So... I read a Craven the Motherfucking comic and realize that it's not actually Craven the Motherfucker. <laughs> okay, George just lied to us. Like, 20 yeah. USD, 50, 100 USD already gone towards buying every available yeah. Craven the Motherfucker <laughs> trade. Like, you have $1 million and one year to make Craven. I'm like, nothing. Give up immediately. Yeah, give up. That's not dollars. a lot of money. What are you going to do with $1 million? <laughs> yeah. so something like, what was that one? Um, what was that one with the guy who looks like Tom Hardy, the sci fi one? from last year yeah and he's like doing the zooming around crazy oh, um, fight uh, you're the um the, the australian one yeah, yeah with lee wanell lee wanell did it yeah it's a blum blumhouse tilt blumhouse. film <laughs> yeah we were describing everything oh but the name yeah. come on man lee wanell. oh no <laughs> but basically i think he spent about five million bucks mm. on that film 
So upgrade, it was upgrade. called upgrade. upgrade. That's right. Three yeah. million. So three million USD on that. What's Tom Hardley's actual name as well? Um, Logan Marshall. Logan Green. Marshall. I love that guy. Logan Marshall. <laughs> Clearly. Mm. Yeah, the invitation. Mm. Uh, so so a million bucks. You're gonna have to, you know, we're talking. We we're strapped for cash on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna have to call Logan up. So we'll give you a third what they gave you on upgrade. <laughs> uh, but in terms of movie making, a, a million bucks. We're going for. You know, that one million to five million, we're going for a gritty, grungy, blum house, maybe more of a horror. You know, if it's Craven mm. the Vampire Killer, is it? No, Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter. You generally have Spider Man. Craven the You're not Vampire getting Tom Slayer. Holland in this. <laughs> you could do Craven the Vampire <laughs> yeah, Slayer, sure. I, I will spend <laughs> precisely $999,000 on getting Tom Holland yeah. to then enlist <laughs> Marvel to. Yes. To get more money into this yes. and like get Ke- Kevin Feige on the board. Cause that's what he did with, um, we yeah. never talked about this, but apparently a big reason that um, Sony and patched um, it up. Marvel patched it up was Tom Holland being like, sort your shit out. Yeah. Oh, I want to act hell. in the MCU. Sure Can't it was. we all be friends? Sure it was Sony and Marvel. <laughs> that's what they want Tom Holland to think. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I did it. Yeah, um, I did it. But either way, um, yeah, that's that's my $999,000 yeah. to Tom Holland. Mm. Now you get somebody like Jonah Hill in here and say, listen, Martin Scorsese's going to be on this one. We're going to pay you 50000 bucks, like they did for War for Wall Street. He's Craven the motherfucker. <laughs> Boom. We've got our main cast. You reckon Jonah Hill Done. as Craven the Hunter? Done. You need a bunch of mothers as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my, my, on, my only thought <laughs> for this was um, uh, Gareth Evans. Yeah. Evans, yeah, director of The Raid. Yes. Um, Just someone who I think would be able to make something really impactful with a small budget. Do you reckon, do you reckon for, if we gave him a salary, a one off, you know, for this as 150,000 USD, do you reckon Mm. he'd take it? No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A high profile project like Craven the Motherfucker. I think he would too. Let's call him now. <laughs> yeah, Tristan, you send us that uh, that million dollars. We'll yeah. get right and, on this. And we'll, yeah. we'll make this happen. Yeah. Um, but if there's anyone, Craven the motherfucker's the guy to go for more of that one million dollar budget as opposed to an eighty million. You know, you can mm. actually. I think you can make it work. Do a Joker style, just character study. No action scenes. Not one action. Scene. <laughs> just him sitting there looking in the mirror, wearing his big leopard lion vest. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Crying. <laughs> We've got to do the origin scene as well. So we're going to need 80 grand for the costume. Yeah. Boom. So what do we have at the list? We're about 5 million in debt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we're going to make it all back. Hey, it's going to on, on straight to DVD sales. Get, get, um, Sell it to Netflix. Don't buy anything. To VHS no, just sales. Get, get Jason Momoa. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. get him. Don't pay him. Just, just kidnap him. Get him. Yeah. Like, give, him, give him a knife, yeah. dress up a bunch of people as like animals, and he has to fight his way out. What would be no, more no, no, expensive? Find out where he lives, put a knife out on the street so that when he picks it up, he goes, That's weird. And then, like, get all your extras to attack him and film it gorilla style. Yeah. What would be more expensive? Paying for Jason Lamoa to come for your, to your film and, and doing, you know, acting as, as it were, or investing in some kind of small militia to go raid his house. <laughs> <laughs> With cameras on their helmets. Yeah. I reckon you could get a militia crazy enough to do it for free. Honestly. Do you reckon like, a million bucks if, you can make it happen? You don't even need a million bucks. Yeah. Like you go into Let's the internet and you're like, who wants to storm you <laughs> Jason know, Momoa's, Jason Momoa's <laughs> house with us? The hard part is getting him in the lion vest. Yeah. That's the only hard <laughs> part. Yeah. Did you like, spend 20 bucks and get someone to do it CGI afterwards? 
Do you, uh, it has to be the guy who did the primal trailer, that new Nick Cage one, because I want the worst CGI possible. Yeah. I want one. I want point one notch up from Watership Down. It'll be that exact leopard yeah. as, the, as the vestry skins. Just copy paste it. Yeah. Oh no, no work required. Mm. Anyway, um, I think we've saved the stump. Yep, done. I don't know, man. Uh, you could be right. It'd be better than Morbius, anyway. We'll I see. would keep the hundred, or I would keep the million dollars and let the sump die. Yeah, I just have a massive. Damn it, that should have been my answer. Have a massive yeah. party. <laughs> yeah. Which is where it rightfully belongs. Yeah, the uh-huh. dirt. Damn. We'll see. We'll see. Well, guys, we love hearing from you. So hit us up with some questions for next week's show, and don't forget to check out Joker. All the spoilers, all the non-spoilers, getting into the weeds there. So that's going to be a good one. We'll be back next week for some more movie antics. Yes, we will. See you then, Connor. Bye. See you then, Betty. Bye. Bye.